0: Sly as a fox, culture than not pop, give him his props Here is a thigh, here is a box And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try Careful with the news, but when you use a take I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire Because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Yeah, fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Whoa, fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Go
1: What is going on, everybody? We made it through the NFL season. What seemed almost impossible back in in the summertime in August, we were able to do it. We got through Super Bowl 55. Not quite the game I think many of us were hoping for, at least what we talked about Thursday, but maybe we should have expected that when we said it was going to be as high scoring as it was, and it ended up coming out 31-9 to in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' favor. We are going to break down that game, talk everything, obviously, with Tampa Bay and Kansas City. We'll go over some of the NFL news, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of quarterback talk still going on about possibly getting moved, and that will obviously change a lot of things for fantasy, and then... Me and Matt will finally get a chance to talk about WandaVision, which probably is perfect timing with the massive ending that happened on Friday. Uh, pretty big, I think, probably the most shocking thing so far of the series. Uh, so we will definitely get into that at the end of the show. Matt, how was your weekend and how you doing today? I'm
2: doing pretty good. Uh, it might be charitable to call it a game. Um, it was, I don't think I was prepared for it not to be competitive
1: yeah I don't I wasn't either I I mean it it was we'll get into I mean let's well let's just jump right into it so Tampa Bay as I mentioned they won 31-29 Mahomes 272 interceptions 33 rushing yards although most of that came in the fourth quarter I'm pretty sure going into the third quarter if you had the under on like a hundred something passing you were actually feeling pretty good about yourself he ends up going off in there Uh, what did you think of the Chiefs though that felt like they they had a flat performance here. Mahomes struggled quite a bit. You know, I did tweet out a, a thing that I know a lot of people love it, but I felt, and I know the offensive line was bad, but some of the times when he was scrambling like 30 yards backwards just seemed unnecessary. Yeah. But, I mean, that is what he does. And we saw, I mean, he made the phenomenal throw, like, level with the ground, which, again, is just, it speaks to the athlete that he is. But, what did you kind of take away from that Andy Reid situation, the play factor, everything? How, how, what did you read and what'd you take away from Kansas city? And really in all honesty, I think it's fair to say a bad game here against Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, they looked really flat. You know, when we were talking about this on Thursday, I said for Tampa Bay to have a, a chance, they needed to force a couple of turnovers and they needed to prevent any big plays. Um, and they were able to do both of those things better than I think any of us even thought was going to be possible. And they themselves played in an incredibly clean game in terms of turnovers. I think both teams actually surprisingly ran the ball better than we thought. I mean, you look at CEH when they gave him a chance, nine carries, 64 yards. He was running, I believe, a little over seven yards a carry you know, per clip. So those kind of things were all pretty good. There's a lot uh, that could be factors for Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes has an injured foot. I mean, when we were remarking, we were watching pregame, I don't know about you, he was massively taped up on that one foot and ankle uh, when he's wandering and they showed him wandering around. You know, did did that have an impact? That limits his mobility. That probably limits the natural escapability. We talked about missing two tackles. Was that going to have an impact? That certainly seemed to have an impact. They were getting crushed. And then, you know, right before a big game, we've seen this happen to teams before. I remember when my Broncos were in the Super Bowl, John Elway's second Super Bowl appearance, like the night before one of the Falcons defensive backs got arrested trying to solicit a prostitute. And they came out, and their team, I I mean, you know, they came out, they looked completely flat, and Denver just, like, hip-checked them, and the game was pretty well over at halftime. That ends up being 34-19. I mean, Elway opens up with an 80 yard bomb to Rod Smith, and it, it was never that Britt Reed situation. Yeah. He's not just Andy Reed's son. He's a coach on their team, he's part of their team. And just kind of having to go through all the emotions of a pretty ugly incident, you know, how much to that weigh on Andy Reed? It didn't seem like the Chiefs were making much in the way of adjustments throughout the game. A lot of people commented if your tackles are getting crushed, why are you continuing to just try to throw these bombs down the field? And yeah. that did seem in the third, at the end of the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter, it seemed like they started mixing in the run, throwing over the middle to Kelsey a little bit more. But Tyreek Hill really a non-factor. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay did an incredible job with Todd Bowles of saying, "Hey, this guy destroyed us and publicly humiliated us. We're not letting that happen." In any way, you know, and we saw Kelsey had a pretty good game 10 for 113, but that's not nearly enough. Mahomes just looked rattled too at yeah. times. You know, he's pressured on over 50% of his dropbacks. Um, you know, and when he would like athletically wriggle out and make like some kind of superhuman throw that actually got to a receiver, half the time it seemed like they couldn't pull it down. Even people like Kelsey, uh, you know, a couple in the end zone just couldn't happen. It just, they looked completely flat, and I don't know if it was one of those things, probably a combination of all those things. Yeah. Um, this did not look like the Chiefs team we had come to see. And that Eric Fisher injury, it happened so late in an AFC championship game that they had pretty well blown out Buffalo that it's it was impossible to deduce from that game what impact that would have. I think that had a massive impact.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and, and it really seems like Tampa Bay's defense just had the perfect storm to slow down this uh, this offense. You know, we I, I paid very close attention to a lot of the talk on there when when they played Cleveland, obviously, because I as big as a Browns fan as I am, and that was one of the things Miles Garrett talked about was we've got to be able to put pressure on Mahomes without blitzing him all the time, because what is he going to do? He's going to get out of the pocket, he's going to make those throws. Well, we saw. Early on in the game, that was working for him. He was getting out of the pocket. He was he was actually beating them with his legs, but when they got down into the end zone, I think it's fair to say that the Buccaneers were doing exactly what the Browns did in that conference championship game where they were limiting them to field goals, and that's mm-hmm. massive when you're going up against a team and going down and then putting points up on the board, which is what the Browns weren't able to do. They were not able to go down the field and put points on the board and put more pressure on Kansas City. I do think that obviously the toe had some factor in that. I mean, there were times when Mahomes was limping pretty bad. So, and and the tackles definitely he was getting at times. They were I, no, I'm not trying to say anything against uh, JPP and Barrett and White for all those guys on the defensive line and the linebackers that were blitzing. They're obviously all phenomenal players, but I do think obviously not having two of your tackles played into that, they were definitely getting home on Mahomes more often. I think they would have had maybe both those guys been there. And they were able to bracket coverage Tyreek well. And none of those guys stepped up. And that's what we talked about on Thursday's pod. Was we knew that Tampa Bay was going to try and take away one of those guys, and we all thought there would be Tyreek Hill. We all said Kelsey's gonna be the guy that likely beats him, but it's gonna be in the short area, which we saw. They're going to need someone to step up. We all thought maybe Nicole Hardman could do it. Nobody stepped up. Nobody else helped out Mahomes, and it cost him. It it cost him big in this one.
2: Yeah, and even Hill seemed like, you know, I don't know if they got in his head or what, but there was a couple of jump balls that were kind of in his hands that just he couldn't make. You know, Kelsey was one of the few guys that was making plays, but even he, you know, there was one – play where it looked like the the life drained out of Mahomes. You saw him kind of wriggle and manage to get it off, and it was right in Kelsey's hands on it. I think it was a fourth down play, and I know he's being defended, and it would have been a tough play, but seeing it hit the ground, it just... We've seen the Chiefs make those plays a lot all year, but we've also seen them be able to overcome some weaknesses. Some people were pointing out on Twitter, you know, we've seen the Chiefs play some sloppy and, and tough football at times, and they've just played inferior opponents and been able to get past it. Yeah. It's like Tampa Bay's secondary said, we are not going to be posterized in this game.
1: Yeah. And, and again, I think a lot of that goes to what Tampa Bay was able to do on the offense, which we'll get to in a minute in that, when they were holding Kansas City to field goals they were going down and putting points on the board they weren't just putting up field goals they weren't getting stopped they were putting and adding more and more pressure on the mahomes and and the chiefs to continue to try and keep up with them and score and they just weren't able to do it and i think that's why it goes to what we you were just talking about with Andy Reed and I do think that was part of the problem as well. It's something I did comment on because someone brought that up. They're like, well, you can't put it all on Mahomes. I'm like, you're right. I'm not putting all no. of it on Mahomes. I would say probably Mahomes had the best game out of everybody on Kansas City. The play calling was horrible at times. Like, it really just seemed like it was – Reed
2: some plays, right? Yeah, I, well, I know I the enemy the does some of
1: it, but I'm pretty sure it's Reed that pretty much decides everything coming down. So, yeah, it's – for them to see that, obviously, as you mentioned, both tackles out, you could see at times Mahomes was just, I mean, it looked like he was struggling to do much of anything sometimes with how bad that toe is. I mean, they already said he had to have surgery once the Super Bowl was over with, yet you're still pretty much giving him five-step drops and hoping that he can just heave it 70 yards down the field to Tyreek kill when it hasn't worked all game. You've got to make those adjustments, and for whatever reason, they didn't do it. Maybe it was – too much faith in Mahomes in this office like no we'll get it figured out it'll get taken care of and it just didn't happen but it's one of the few times i, I would say is watching andy Reid as long as i have from being with philadelphia to now kansas city the biggest knock on him has always been time management i've never really seen him have an issue adjusting this is the first time i would say he's really not adjusted and i do think in a way it costs his team
2: yeah and you know when we went through on Thursday and we were picking categories, I think all of us said the, the coaching edge goes to Kansas city, but it wasn't there, you know, and when they'd go to read on the sideline, he looked like he was a little out of it. I, you know, I don't want to say anything, but I know if, if I had a family member that was in that, that kind of a situation, I don't know how you keep that from not weighing heavily on your mind. And, you know, especially to see them, I know he's never been big on running the ball, but we thought they would have no success running the ball because they hadn't in the past. Tampa Bay had a pretty excellent rush defense. Yeah, They were actually having some success running the ball. I was surprised the screen game wasn't any part of it. Uh, throwing quick to the flats didn't really seem to be a part of it. It was really almost entirely a vertical game, and they weren't always on the same page. You know, early in the game, we had this play where Hardman's, kind of going in motion and going up the sideline and he's jetting down the field and you see Mahomes throw and he never looks, they narrowly avoid kind of that pick six. Yeah. You could just tell they weren't in sync, weren't in rhythm. You know, did they get to do a final walkthrough? Um, you know, we know that they followed kind of that midseason COVID plan of not traveling there until Saturday afternoon for a Sunday game. Typically, the reason you have the two weeks in the Super Bowl is this, both teams get like a week to acclimate in the new space. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of a lot of challenges. I still think Kansas City has a good team. Um, it was just a, a pretty awful day.
1: Yeah, so what what do you see happening next to them? Obviously, they're pretty close in not having much cap room at all. You got Sammy Watkins going to be a free agent. Uh, Demarcus Robinson as well could be is going to be a free agent. I don't think either one of them comes back. There's a lot of talk, obviously, that they may draft a wide receiver, but – You know, I I don't really have faith in Cole Hardman right now stepping up and being that guy, especially because him and and Tyreek Hill do so much of the same thing. And I understand that's kind of their offense, but I think you need that possession wide receiver to help out Mahomes.
2: Yeah, I just I don't think Hardman's ever going to be what we thought he thought he could be. Um you know, I think CEH had a pretty solid season. That's not a bad pick for them. Yeah. Darrell uh, Williams had looked good at times. Damian Williams actually comes Has, back. I'm sure, yeah. sure they let Le'Veon Bell go. Honestly, I would be fine letting Watkins walk. He was not really available most of the season. He hadn't played in any of the playoff games, and I forgot he was on the field until I saw him, like, mug for the camera late in that game. He's been a pretty much a non-factor. Um I I do think they've got it it seems weird to say that the Kansas City Chiefs need uh, need help in their pass offense after what we saw but I think we've also seen Kelsey alone is pretty unguardable but he he alone probably isn't enough to just totally beat you and without somebody on the other side they can mollify Tyreek Hill you know kind of take him out of a game. We saw Tampa Bay do that um Last night they probably do need somebody they need some kind of a threat, but I think they need some defensive help too. I was not seeing they gave a lot of money to Chris Jones and I only heard his name called when he was making penalties last night same with uh, Tyron Matthew and I know people have different differing opinions about the officiating and I'm not going to say the officiating was 100% accurate, but there were a lot of calls that were if you're being honest penalties.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to say anything on that. I mean, I I think it's fair when the Browns had happened what they happened to them. I said, then you can't put the game in the refs' hands. And I understand. Really, to me, now, and I'll be honest, I did not watch like the last three minutes of the game because it was over with. So I don't know if there was a penalty in there, not that it would change the outcome of the game at that point anyways. But I was watching... Which one was it? I want to say it was the Mike Evans one where Tyron Matthew was on him. To me, that was uncatchable. And I don't I think that idea. was actually
2: Breland. Oh, you're talking about in the end zone.
1: Yeah, yeah, in the end zone. Yeah. No, yeah, the I Breland know. one. I it's mean, that's hard sucks, to see. It wasn't catchable.
2: Indeed. Yeah. I think Evans would have gotten to it. And you can't argue that he didn't impede him. I know it was incidental that he fell down and tripped him. But yeah. when you take a guy off his feet, I think he would have caught that one. The end zone one, I actually—it's almost like uh, in the was—I can't remember. It was—I think it was the NFC Championship game. I think it was holding, not passing mm-hmm. offense.
1: Yeah, I, I can see definitely that. Definitely
2: um, tugged on the jersey, but I'm with yeah. you. I'm not sure that was
1: catchable. It wasn't, and that—that's the only one that I can really see the argument for, but. You're going to get that when you see so many penalties going against one team that people are going to say it's inherent, and especially, let's be honest, and I am not the biggest Brady fan in the world, but when all those calls are going against the team Brady's playing against, you're immediately going to think, or people, you're going to have the conspiracy theorists people come out and say, oh, well, it's because Brady's playing on the other side and they want Brady to win. I really don't think they want Brady to win anything. They, It is what it is. Like A lot of those were fouls. Like I said, for me, the only one I saw that I was like, eh, was that that Mike Evans one where mm-hmm. I was like, that wasn't catchable. They were really kind of right, right up on the line. I mean, really? But all right, whatever. That I mean, it, to- it is what it
2: is the most incredible sequence, which is where Matthew gets called for pass interference, and butches to the refs, Tom Brady looks at him and throws the very next ball right at him to score yeah. a touchdown comes down, appeared to say something that was in the four letter variety. And then Tyron Matthew gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Cause he runs after Brady and puts a yeah. finger in his face. I was like, that is vintage Brady winning, winning the mental game. And I, that's, I think that's part of what helps Kansas City disintegrate. Tom Brady was in their head. Yeah. All of those guys were in their head and it just snowballed.
1: So what do you think is next for for Kansas City? Or I think oh never mind. We just talked about that. My bad. We were I mean, just talking still about Still one AFC of the best stuff, teams so.
2: in the uh still one of the best teams in the AFC. I mean, would it surprise you if they're back in the Super Bowl next year or the AFC Championship game? Yeah,
1: because the Browns are definitely going to be in the Super Bowl next year, so it would surprise me. All
2: right, would it surprise you if they're a top contender in the AFC next (laughs) year? No, not
1: at all. They definitely will be that at least.
2: They do have more of a challenge in their own division. You know, I think the Raiders have made slow progress. The Chargers... Looks pretty good this year, and depending on how it goes with their coaching change, you know, Denver still has has some talents trying to make some moves of their own. Their road doesn't get any easier. I think the yeah. AFC North is still tough. Depending on what happens with the Colts, you could see a couple of tough teams in the South, uh, and then, you know, Buffalo's still there. So I think that the AFC in general has some very competitive teams, but Mahomes is still pretty young, and if they can keep Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, it's hard to count them out.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree. I think we've ta- kind of talked about it all year this year that yeah. it really sucks being in a- both of us being fans of AFC teams and going from Brady finally leaves and all of a sudden you get Mahomes in Kansas City. I'm like, come on, man. Really? Like, well, at, we least, can't catch at least break. the
2: Chiefs aren't in your division.
1: That is true. That is true. But I st- you still got to go through them at some point more than likely. So uh, on, T- on Tampa Bay's side here. Brady 201 yards three touchdowns Gronk saved his best performance of the season really for the Super Bowl six for 67 and two, a B5 for 22 and one, and Leonard fournette 16 for 89 and one. the mercenaries all jumped jumped in here and had a massive game for the Super Bowl helped Tampa Bay win. Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl. the question everybody is asking today is will anybody ever catch him?
2: So I don't think anybody will ever catch him. I Also, I wondered what you thought. It's interesting when you tick off the people that scored. Those are were the Buccaneers that had both Super Bowl and playoff experience. I mean, it's yeah. it feels like no accident to me that the people who've been there and done that before are the ones that were kind of carrying the day. But you know, the, a lot of the talk was if Mahomes could win this one against Brady, he might have a chance to kind of go. But it, it just feels... 10 Super Bowls, winning seven of them. And yeah. honestly, who's to say he's not right back here next year? We we tended to think he looked like he was half-washed because of his age and what he looked like in New England. But as the season has played out, it's become very apparent that they did not have a good team because they yeah. super imploded without him. A team that was 12-4 and four ended up being, what, 6-10 and 10 yeah. and looked awful. And meanwhile, he... Chucking right along, 4,200 yards, 40 something TDs, wins the Super Bowl, fifth Super Bowl MVP. I mean, people were talking about will he, is he going to walk away so he can go out on top? First of all, he said he was coming back. Yeah. He's got another year on his contract. He's always said he wanted to play till he's 45. And honestly, nothing I saw this season makes me think he's done.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I, I think he's coming back. It's. Going to be interesting. I, I hate to say this because I know I'm going to be the Tom Brady hater. And I don't know if they get back next year, though. I, I really think a lot yeah. of that came down to what this team built this year. And I still don't think they were better than Green Bay, in my opinion. So, but obviously, there's a lot of things that could happen with them as well. There's a lot of teams that could change in the NFC. Okay. So
2: they have a ton of free agent questions, too. They All yeah. those guys you name-checked that scored are free agents. Godwin's a free agent. Levante David's a free agent. Shaq Barrett's a free agent. I mean, yeah, they did have kind of the, the perfect storm.
1: Exactly. Well, and that's going to be the interesting thing, right? Because you've got, obviously, those guys on the defense, which were, in my opinion, just as big. As what Brady was able to do on the offensive side and, and limiting Mahomes and that offense for Kansas City. But on the offensive side, you've got Gronk, A B, Godwin, Fournette, and Rojo all free agents. Mm-hmm. And they literally came out yesterday. We're talking about, well, yeah, we'd like to bring A B back. We'd like to bring Gronk back to so this morning. Yeah, we kind of want to bring Fournette back. Yeah, we're gonna offer Godwin a long term contract. You can't bring all those guys back and the defensive guys back. So I do think more than likely out of all those guys, Gronk seems to be the one I think would come back. Cause he's a guy I could see taking a little mm-hmm. bit less money and, and staying oh, yeah. there. But the other ones I'm not like a, a B is interesting to me. Cause I don't think he did no. enough to prove like he was, he was, or he is who he was in Pittsburgh, but we didn't have any of the off field stuff since he went there and all that. He said he likes to be with Brady. They didn't say they wanted to bring him back. There's a lot of a lot of moving pieces for Tampa Bay.
2: I think Fournette probably goes because there's enough running back hungry teams that he'll get a real deal. And I think Godwin will go because he's a young talent that's going to get a. I would, you know, Gronk. I figure is going to take some kind of a discount. He only wants to play with Brady, so it's either there or nothing. And I think they're happy to have him have him back. A B could be the same way. I'm with you that I don't think there's a ginormous market for him out there and and so if you brought him back you still have Evans and we like Scotty Miller and what yeah. we saw we really like the potential of Tyler Johnson who actually showed some flashes I don't you know I don't think it's a problem if they have a couple of those guys go I would like to see what Keyshawn Vaughn does of course we've got now second ring for LaShawn McCoy to see hang it up as the triumphant hero that we talked about. <laughs> but defense to me is a bigger question. People have already targeted, you know, I think Barrett played under the franchise tag this year. Yep. I don't think you tag, tag him again. That's a expensive proposition, but he's a heck of a pass rusher. David really a, a force in the middle. You know, you still have white who looked pretty good. Um, who's on that rookie deal will help. They have some pieces in the secondary, but it, you know, we as we saw with Kansas city, it's hard to get back and defend there has not yeah. been a back-to-back champion since Brady and the Patriots did it in, I think it was 3 three Oh four.
1: Yeah. I'll watch him and Tampa Bay do it next year. It's going to be so frustrating. Uh, yeah. I actually had an interesting stat here about shady McCoy. Did you know that me and him have one stat, one NFL stat in common?
2: Neither of you scored any points on or carried in the ball yesterday.
1: Yeah. I was going to say we've, you know, he's been in two super bowls i haven't but we both played the same amount of snaps in the super bowl which is zero he
2: was, he was a healthy scratch right i don't think he yeah did.
1: he was on the field i saw him on the field but yeah healthy scratch and did zero snaps zero snaps but, this year and last year he's got two rings though and i guess at the end of the day that's all that matters
2: charles, charles Barkley sitting there looking at all this going like man i can't catch a break yeah
1: Brady was named the MVP. Uh, There's a lot of talk about that as well. I kind of think it was the right choice. There was nobody on the offense I would have given it to, and as great (sighs) as the defense was, I felt like it was a combined effort. I don't know who you single out on the defense to give that MVP to.
2: I would have given it to Gronkowski. He was my number, number one pick, six catches, 67 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Brady was good. Brady, it feels like, was a more of a cumulative thing for what he did all season. And also, when you have a game where you don't have any spectacular individual numbers, you often defer to the quarterback. Uh, you know, I was with some friends. We were debating. At the half, I thought it was going to be Gronkowski. I think mm-hmm. the fact that they took their foot off the gas a little bit. He only had one kind of big catch in the second half, uh, which hurt him. But what he did, I mean, he really kind of helped blow the game open. He looked back to that kind of unguardable self. He would have been, yeah. I think he he should have gotten some strong consideration.
1: All right. So anything else you want to add on the Buccaneers here and their Super Bowl victory, Super Bowl Fifty? Are you
2: going to be like our friend uh, Ricky and, and go get yourself a Tampa Bay Buccaneer victory yeah. T-shirt?
1: That I will not, but you know what? He's a, he's a Brady fan. So all, all, all the love to, to Ricky and all the Brady fans and Buccaneers fans. I tweeted it out yesterday. You know, I've got nothing but love for all the real Buccaneers fans who have, you know, I mean, they make it seem like it's been, oh, forever since whatever it was, 2002. I mean, hey, you know. There's some of us who've never even been in the Super Bowl, but hey, whatever. It's cool. You know, I'll still show you love because your team was able to get there. You you guys are the Golden State Warriors of the NFL at the moment. We'll see what happens with them, but I am happy for them. I mean, it's – to be a fan right now of the Buccaneers is like the only Actually, thing I can equate it to. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: we call them the Miami Heat of the NFL because that Florida yeah. connection –
1: we could, we could go to Miami Heat for sure. Uh, I think uh, you know the only thing I can't equate it to is a basketball thing, and I remember I still to this day get chills and t- tears well up in my eyes when I think about that 2016 championship uh, for LeBron and the Cavs. So I, I have nothing but love for Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. I hope they enjoy it, and I hope that they are back. Now, maybe not in the Super Bowl next year, but I hope that their team is at least successful again next year for sure. All right, so let's go into some of the NFL news. We talked about uh with, with quarterbacks. We talked about this a little bit on Thursday's podcast with Carson Wentz. Um, obviously the news came out like a little bit after we were talking about it that it looks like he's going to be traded. That that there's just complete dysfunction going on there. He doesn't want anything to do with the front office, which was kind of funny with everything that happened beforehand, but the, the latest stuff to come out was the, the Bears proposed a first Nick Foles, Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller for Carson Wentz. I,
2: Actually, it's I've seen it either uh, first Foles Miller or first Foles Cohen. I, gotcha. I, it seems okay. like it's unclear. It's one of those offensive pieces. I didn't write that very well. <laughs>
1: No no you're good. So we've also got the Colts that have been very been mentioned a lot. We don't know what they're offering, but they've been kind of the second team in there with the Bears mentioned with with trying to get with Carson Wentz. And then today there was reports that a third team has jumped into that. I have not seen any like pointing or anything toward who that third team may be. I would love to see Wentz land with the Colts. We we talked about this a little mm. bit, especially after Stafford didn't go there. He still got connections, obviously, with, um, my goodness, Reich. There we go. I was trying to think of his name. Yeah, his name right. jumped out of my head there for a minute. Because I don't think Carson Wentz is broken. I still think he can be a very good quarterback. And I think Indy, much like we talked about with Stafford, his issue was not having a good offensive line in Detroit. He gets probably one of the best offensive lines in the game. Now, they did lose Costanzo, right? Was that who they lost uh, to yeah. retirement? So, I mean, they still lose him, which is going to be a little bit of a blow to that offensive line, but still better than what he's had in Philly. And he's got some weapons around him, a great running back in Taylor. Uh, You know, I think uh, Michael Pittman's going to be really good. Let's see if they bring back T.Y. Hilton. If not, there's a lot of wide receivers. did you see the –
2: a lot of the talk today, uh, comments from T.Y. Hilton uh, seem like it's uh, highly unlikely he's back.
1: Gotcha. So, uh, but – there's a lot of wide receivers mm-hmm. in this draft class that could grab. I still think Paris Campbell has got a chance to be really good there as well. Uh, so who, which kind of way would you lean right now? Again, not knowing what the Colts are going or are offering right now for, <sighs> for Well,
2: really, I mean, the Colts for the last couple of years, have felt like a team, you know, since luck's kind of sudden retirement have felt like the team that was a quarterback away from making a real run in the AFC. They still feel that way. Um, this is probably one of their best shots. We both, I think, feel like they're not going to be able to make a deal for Deshaun Watson, even if Houston deals. And I doubt they deal with him in the division. I thought they were going to get Stafford. So when they didn't, this makes a lot of sense in some ways. Reich was his offensive coordinator early on. Um, has seemed interested in him. It's just a matter, I guess, of what the ask is and what the package, you know. The Colts don't have a quarterback to send back. Um, You know, Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. I doubt, you know, if you're the Eagles, you're like, Mm -hmm. can you send me Eason? Um, You know, and Rivers retired. What, you know, if I'm the Colts, I'm not decimating my bright young stars either to try to get a quarterback because then you're more than a quarterback away. So it depends what the ask is. What the you know, they were a playoff team, so they don't have a super high first, um, but they seem like a team that could accommodate the cap space. The Bears deal is interesting. Um, I wonder how Hertz would feel seeing Foles come back. Philly fans have always liked Foles, but it's a new coach and a new scheme and everything, so there's no guarantee that's that's you know quite the same. And we've seen Foles struggle mightily when he's been on the field the last two seasons, I don't know. think that's the tonic to solve all their problems. I've also seen a lot of Bears fans who are kind of out on the idea of getting Wentz who want to pursue a different kind of an option. Um, you know, it didn't seem like landing Wentz would be that appealing to Alan Robinson. So that would be a question to me. You know what, if let's say they end up dealing Anthony Miller and they don't sign Alan Robinson. Okay. You went and got Wentz. You have David Montgomery. You have Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. That's not exactly an incredible offense. And how much cap space? Wentz's contract still going to be a beast. Um, I it does seem like they're for sure going to deal him. I'm still surprised. I wonder how Doug Peterson feels at this point in time.
1: Well, we talked about it a little bit in our group chat, obviously, and a lot of the reports yeah. came out that it really wasn't about Wentz for Peterson. It was more about his, which, cause I was listening to SiriusXM, XM. They were talking about it on, on the NFL channel. And they were talking about how a lot of owners and general managers will suggest hires to coaches and just be like, Hey, like, these are some guys we think you should hire and vice versa. And apparently that happened and maybe it was more of a, more than just a suggestion to Doug Peterson is what they were saying. And, and Peterson was pretty much like, "No, like I'm going to hire my guys. And if you don't like that, then there's no point in us staying together. And that was kind of why they just agreed to amicably part ways. It wasn't just about Wentz. Now there was all the talk. Obviously that Peterson wanted to stick with Hertz, which was another big thing as well. You know, we may never know, I guess, unless either one of them comes out and says, Hey, it was because of this or that. You know, Hertz did look good at times. I mean, I know neither one of us thinks he's really a franchise quarterback, but I mean, he did play good at times, and he could prove me wrong. I'm not going to say he can't. I, mean, I thought Wentz was going to be phenomenal this year, and he proved me wrong on that. So I don't, I can't say that Hertz can't prove me wrong. Uh, I'll be interested to see where he goes. I do think that the Colts are a better fit. I could see why Chicago may not love it because you're probably going to have to give up. I mean, that's a decent amount to give up for Carson Wentz. I I just don't think they're a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl team. So at this point, I know why you do it. I mean, you're not – you're low enough that they still have a shot at getting one of those five quarterbacks that I just think you just take a quarter. You take that rookie quarterback – on that rookie deal and you try and build that team up see if you can get a rob back see if you can continue to build that offense because that defense isn't bad you just need to get an offense and you my biggest fear with that is if you bring in Wentz. is nag much longer like i don't even i think if Nagy has another even eight eight year he's gone so now you're bringing in a whole another coach a whole another offensive scheme with carson wentz there it's just i i, I i'm kind of with chicago bear fans i personally would not do it i would Go to the Colts. I think that's the better situation because I don't think even if Wright goes eight and eight, he's getting fired. I think that they're going to give him some time. So because we've never heard him mentioned on the hot seat, even uh-huh. with everything going on there,
2: because he seems like he's done a pretty uh, phenomenal job. Even though, you know, I mean, he's in that great what if category because of Lux retirement. Because yeah. you know, even. Us, we were talking about them as a as a playoff favorite, as a contender, all the way up to right before the season. That was kind of a blow that Brissett year. They rolled the dice with Rivers, eleven and five in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're I mean, a Super Bowl it,
1: team, in my opinion, with that defense yeah. and that offense. They're a Super Bowl team. They need a quarterback. That's their biggest. Their and so, I don't. You're not. Do you think tra- there's a
2: rookie that would be.
1: Well, again, I know people are going to say this is homerism. I do think Justin Fields could do that for him, but he's the only other one that you're going to get. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Like, I like Zach Wilson a lot. I think he's mm-hmm. still got some stuff he's got to get worked out. Trey Lance is going to be – i I've said uh, on the Debbie Debate Podcast, I think Trey Lance has a higher ceiling than both Lawrence and Fields. He needs time, though. He He only played really one year of college. That was at the FCS, not even the FBS. So I think – Lance needs some time to get. I don't know if you could draft Lance as the Colts and then throw him out there week one and expect to be a playoff or Super Bowl contender. Mac Jones, I, I mean, I think he's right in that Phillip Rivers type. Like, he's going to be a guy who's not going to lose you games, but he's also not going to be maybe in that offense. So with Jonathan Taylor and some of those guys, you don't need him to be that. So, like, Mac Jones maybe could step in there. I, I would still think it's hard to, If they got Mac Jones, I don't know if I'd classify them still as a Super Bowl team, but maybe I still think they'd be a contender with how good the rest of that roster is around them.
2: It's also – it doesn't feel like there's a ton of great quarterback props. Like, I'm not – if I think I'm a quarterback away, am I making a run at Jameis Winston thinking I've solved all my problems? I don't know if we saw enough. It would give me a moment of pause that when they desperately needed a quarterback in New Orleans, they decided Jameis Winston was not the guy. After giving him that contract, you know we know Cam. You know I'm not rolling the dice thinking that's my solution. Doesn't feel like there's quite as many veterans. You know I do. You go to the Jets and try to get Darnold. If they're going to get a quarterback like what you're talking about, they probably have to go up a little bit in the draft, especially if they want a Fields. I doubt he's making it to the twenties.
0: Yeah.
1: No, yeah, he's not well, and that's well, that's the, the funny thing about Winston is New Orleans has come out now and said that they they want him to be their future. So we'll see if that Winston's even available. Maybe he decides he wants to go back. I don't that that's gonna be interesting to see what happens with him. He's the only off the top of my head the only veteran I think I would try and make a play for because I mean, like, it sounds like the 49ers are ready to move on from Jimmy G, but does Jimmy G coming over here do much for you? I don't think so. So it's- we, you've,
2: you've seen Jimmy G with a Super Bowl caliber offense and defense.
1: Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the honors. I honestly did not watch this. I spent Saturday I with, uh, with my family. It was kind of one of those days where I was really kind of just able to sit down, spend a lot of time with my family. I got to take uh, one of my son's good friends, had a birthday party. We got to go paintballing and everything, which was – an interesting experience for to say the least. So the NFL honors here Rodgers got the MVP. I mean that was I, we all kind of thought that. I don't and announced
2: was he was engaged to Shaylin. I know that was
1: a that was a big thing. Me and my wife were talking about that, but I don't think anybody else deserved it in my opinion. Did you
2: uh Josh Allen with my pick.
1: gotcha Okay. I mean, I think Rodgers deserved it, but offensive player of the year Derrick Henry. I, I didn't really see any ma- – I, yeah. I actually probably would have gone Devontae Adams with the year he had, but Derrick Henry did break 2,000 yards rushing. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can't – In an rushing has it. been diminished, I think,
2: yeah. his continued dominance is pretty good.
1: This is the one I did have an issue with, and I saw everybody else obviously talking about as well. Defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, not TJ Watt. I don't even like the Steelers, and I think TJ Watt should have won it. Your thoughts? Did on you that?
2: see Watt's uh, tweet?
1: Uh, I did not see TJ Watt. I saw JJ. Did TJ Watt tweet something? I saw JJ Watt. Tweet.
2: Posted the Jordan meme, and I took that personally.
1: Oh, gotcha. No, yeah, I didn't see that.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, defensive player of the year, I feel like is always kind of tough. I feel like they gravitate toward, you know, some big names. I, I often question some of the some of the selections. TJ Watt has had a couple of pretty incredible years and that yeah. that Pittsburgh defense has been pretty incredible for a couple of years and he probably doesn't get the kind of credit he deserves. Aaron Donald seems to be like one of those guys who always gets talked about as the greatest defensive player. Where the, the I would say I sort of get it is the, the Rams' defense ending up being kind of number one and, yeah. and will, willing that team to where it got to probably gave him
1: the edge. See, but I would also say the Steelers' defense, in a way, at least helped get – Now, if they didn't do much no. against the Browns there in that playoff game. They but also
2: cracked out at the end of the season. You're talking true. about it. A defense that carried its team in the clutch in December to get them into the playoffs versus one that, you know, kind of the Steelers had other problems. I don't think it's fair to blame their defense, but sometimes the Steelers, you know, if you were looking kind of at those two teams as you got to the playoffs, one was ascending and one was, you know, they were kind of going opposite.
1: I mean, like for me, just looking at some of the stuff that people were talking about, because I'll be honest, I don't pay that close attention to defense. Like I I play in IDP League, so I know some of the defensive guys I pay attention to, but I don't really look at like how they're necessarily doing throughout the year. But when people posted the stats of what those guys have done all year and TJ Watt beat Aaron Donald in all but one category and he was only losing out to him by two, I kind of feel like that may be a little bit of just because – Donald's got the name recognition. I I honestly don't think that's fair, but it is what it is. I don't have a vote in that. I I don't know. That's what
2: happens when Aaron Rodgers goes up against Josh Allen.
1: That is true. No, Aaron Rodgers is better. The offensive rookie of – oh, I'm sorry. The man of the year award to Russell Wilson. I don't really have anything to say on that. I mean, I don't know if somebody else should have won. Did you see the
2: cutaway uh, of him? No, uh, I did not next to Roger Goodell in the left. Oh, box. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Him, him and Sierra up in the box. It looked like you would like to be
2: anywhere else when they put the camera on.
1: Well, also, know,
2: did you hear the rumor that Seattle's looking at moving him, though?
1: I did see. I, well, no, I don't know if they said Seattle's looking at moving him, but the report are, I saw are, was, yeah, people are asking if Seattle would be willing to move him. I think they'd be, I would be stupid to do so, but we we'll see. We've seen stupider things happen, so you never know.
2: Get back to the story about his charity was was pretty cool. I thought that was.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm never going to argue who wins Man of the Year because I don't pay enough attention. to That whoever wins, to that much respect to them and what they do off the field. I know JJ Watt was it last year or the year before with everything that went on with Houston. Yeah, I know he uh, won it.
2: Yeah, I think it was the year before.
1: So. Yeah, I love I love watching that stuff and the Hall of Fame stuff, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, offensive player, the rookie, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, Justin Herbert. Hey. Now, I do. Justin Jefferson had a legit case. I would not have yeah. been upset if he got it either. But I'm never going to say anything bad about my guy Justin Herbert winning offensive rookie of the year. Just closer and closer, nah, closer to that MVP be award, Bark. Getting the Lightning Bolt tattoo, Bark. Just, just you wait. But go ahead.
2: No, I th- I think that was, you know, Jefferson's the only other one that he probably yeah. could have made a strong case for.
1: Defensive Rookie of the Year. We talked about this on the Debbie Delight podcast. We all went Chase Young. He seemed to be the obvious choice. Had a phenomenal year. He deserved that. And then the next two I thought were, in my opinion, slam dunks and Comeback Player of the Year, Alex Smith. I actually did get to watch his little video uh, on Twitter. Someone tweeted it out. I watched that. That was pretty cool. And then Coach of the Year, Stefanski, which I thought, you know, was well, I just can't
2: believe uh, Alex Smith wasn't the unanimous comeback player of the year. They say yeah, 49 100. out of 50 yeah. votes. I want to know who the other person voted
1: for. He voted for Ben Roethlisberger, it was on Twitter. One person oh. voted for Ben Roethlisberger, which I didn't understand at all, but yeah, well, and look, um, I will say, and I'm sure this person doesn't watch this podcast or whatever, it was, I can't remember who it was, it was a blue check mark person, but. They went on Twitter and, like, made this big thing about the person who, like, really, you're going to vote for some guy, like, devout family man, this and that great guy on and off the field, and you're going to take a vote away to vote for a rapist? Like, I get, like, I'm not going to comment on what Ben did or didn't do off the field. I know what I think, but I was not there, so I can't say what did or didn't happen with Big Ben and what happened in Tennessee and the other time. What he did off the field has nothing to do with what he did on the field, though, for Comeback Player of the Year. I don't think he deserved a vote. I do think it should have gone. uh, Alex should have been unanimous, but bringing stuff up like that just kind of gets under my skin. Like we're not talking about the hall of fame or anything like that. It's comeback player of the year, but yeah, that that stuff just gets under my, my skin a little bit. All right, so thoughts on the Hall of Fame here. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, Alan Fanica, John Lynch, Tom Flores, Bill Nunn, and Drew Pearson all got in. Uh, I do I love that stuff. I get a little bit teary-eyed when I watch this stuff just because of how much it means to them. Uh, and it's so cool to see those guys get in there. I did think it was a little bit funny, Drew Pearson getting in after his reaction and not getting in last year, but I, I'm glad that he got in this year. Uh, he
2: deserved to be in.
1: Oh, so. I agree. I agree. I like that's what I don't want to say it funny. Like I would react the same way if I was in that situation because, like, you, I agree, he deserved to be in there. So when you're waiting and waiting and you don't get in, I can't imagine that feeling. Like I, I feel bad for Clay Matthews because I think he deserved to be in there and he got snubbed again. I think now it's got to go to the. Um, what is it? The committee after the vote is the veteran veterans, veteran's committee. Veterans Cause committee. I
2: think that's where Pearson got in.
1: Yes, he did. Yeah. So we'll see if he gets in there. Cause I do think that, that Matthews deserves to be in there. We'll see if he gets in, in the veterans committee, but your thoughts on that. Like, I love the way that they surprised. I saw Manning's was it Manning? Yeah, that was
2: Manning's Manning's one was pretty incredible. That that one got, got to me. They told him was, he needed to come film promos for Peyton's places. Yeah. And, Put in all of his coaches. I mean, we knew he was getting in. I, I think all of us would agree, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, those kind of first ballot. The greatest stat probably of the weekend was um, somebody posted, Tom Brady was 30 years old when Calvin Johnson entered the NFL. He played his entire career and now has been elected to the Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady is still playing in the NFL. I mean, that really just gives you kind of a moment of pause. Johnson's one of those guys I would have loved to have seen him play for a few more years. He was so dominant and just part of teams, kind of like Barry Sanders, part of teams that just didn't really have a shot. I know Dennis has to be pumped about that being a Lions fan. He was part of teams that didn't really have a shot, but that was great. And I always loved uh, Charles Woodson. Woodson came in with uh, with Peyton. I'm pretty sure Woodson got the um, Heisman Trophy over Manning. Uh, that year so that was you know there always have been intertwined Woodson played for the Raiders for a long time which I don't love the team but I've I've always loved Charles Woodson uh, you know Raiders Packers so that was a lot of fun Fanica kind of a good underrated guard Um, it was nice to see John Lynch get in I loved watching him play I was moved by the arguments. Uh, there were definitely some Packers fans who were a little outraged that he made it in and Le- Leroy Butler didn't. Um, and when you look at the stats, that's that's a fairly uh, strong case. I, f- I feel like Lynch had like, a more prominent uh, reputation. was probably mm-hmm. more of a household name which helped him there. Uh, I thought he was a great player and he's been a great executive for San Francisco. So excited about that. And Tom Flores, you know, a good Good pick. Happy for Pearson. So I thought. I think it's a good class. It's going to be really interesting, exciting. Also, how long are we going to be watching the induction since they're doing both the classes together? Because we forget they had a full class from last year that yeah. that's going in, plus this group. Um, you know, it's going to be exciting to see for Broncos fans. Pretty huge, you know. I think Manning's going in with Denver and Indianapolis, as he said before. We last year we got Atwater, uh, who was one of my favorite players, and Lynch, you know, played for Denver, so that was kind of exciting. Well, I'm excited too. Peyton already announced he's gonna have his father do the induction. Um, I defy people to watch that without crying because yeah, their episodes absolutely. of Peyton's Places have been superb.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the things I love about this. Woodson is probably one of my favorites. Him and Johnson. I loved watching Calvin Johnson, like you mentioned. I hate to say this to Detroit fans, but it it sucks to see them have kind of ruined Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and in a way, Matt Stafford's careers with them really not being able to do much for him. Uh, Woodson, like I was thrilled when he got that ring with with Green Bay. I was, you know, rooting for them hard, not just because they were playing against Pittsburgh, but to see Woodson get that ring. So it was good to see. Obviously, Peyton is is one of the best to ever play. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for that as well. It's going to be, it is definitely going to be fun to watch. So that does it for our NFL stuff. We've been like talking about this for three weeks. I'm gonna give everybody like thirty ish seconds. If you don't watch WandaVision Division, or if you're not caught up. On episode five, right? That was the last one that just aired.
2: Yeah. Then you can just go watch Hall of Fame videos or Super
1: Bowl commercials. Yeah. Just go do whatever. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? We'll give a little bit longer for people to get out of here because so we are going to talk one <sighs> division with spoilers. So.
2: Man, you know that's uh that's tough. I didn't think they had as many like truly funny commercials. I'm trying to think if there was one. I need to go back and rewatch some of them. The funnest reaction of our. Group was, uh, you know that I was watching with a couple of friends and their wives, you know, and they had that Amazon Alexa one with Michael B. Jordan, and it was it was near the end, but basically, you know, they talk about Michael B. Jordan being an Alexa. It's like Alexa, make it dark in here. And he takes his shirt off and puts it over a lamp, and and he was taking a bath with the lady as the Alexa given the facts. So. You know the lady seemed to like that, and then I, I had another yeah. friend who is a coworker who texts us, "Where can I get one of those Alexas And I was like, nice. "So yeah, that probably sure. that one stuck out the most to me." Um, I there wasn't I don't know was there like one you liked that I didn't think there was uh, as many funny ones.
1: I really kind of – I thought the Jason Alexander one was kind of funny, just with the way they kept changing his face on the sweatshirt throughout that. I think it was a Tide commercial. That one I yeah. thought was actually kind of funny. There's another one, but I can't think of what it was now off the top of my head that I actually There was liked. a
2: Will Ferrell one that was a car commercial that wasn't bad, but there was one other one that made me chuckle. There was a lot of them, though, that – it felt like yeah. it was a year where you had a lot of heavy – ads which kind of thought you were yeah. going to have you didn't have a ton of movie trailers because who knows when well we had one back. really
1: good trailer though which we talking about the a winter soldier yeah. yeah yeah that was that was awesome all right so let's talk one division here so yeah we haven't talked about this, so we're going to talk about the first five episodes here so the show started at what felt like mostly a homage to classic sitcoms what did you think at first because a lot of people complained about yeah. it I know we didn't. We've been talking about it in our group chat. I love. I loved it from the beginning. I thought it's been awesome. What were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't know exactly where they're going um, with it, but they were so pitched. They've been so pitch perfect. There's been four of the five episodes that have really captured a different decade: 50s, 60s, 70s, and then last week we've seen 80s. And they're doing a really good job. It's been fun to try to guess which one, you know, which sitcom in particular they're really. Uh, Pulling from because there's usually one that they're kind of templating off of and uh, both Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are so good. Catherine Mm -hmm. Han has been has been really good. So I'm also one of those. I'm willing to give them a little latitude. We've seen 23 for the most part excellent films over more than a decade um i think there has to be a little bit of trust involved you know that they're building kind of a larger piece of the puzzle and it's been fun seeing things get dropped into even in those early episodes there were hints of things that were going out and i don't know this matters to me probably matters to you a little bit too my wife is not always into all the shows i like especially when i'm going down the star wars path she wanted to jump in and try this because she's liked more of the Marvel things. She loved the first couple episodes. She asks every week, Oh, do we have a new one? And so that's been kind of fun to be able to, you know, combine couple time with with watching our interests.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My wife has enjoyed it as well. It's, you know, we've talked about it off air, obviously that like, I haven't been able to watch the episodes until Friday nights. Cause my wife works opposite schedule with me. So I have to wait for her to get home to watch it. But yeah, it's like, I've really not had any issue with it. whatsoever. I thought that the first episode was kind of funny. I, I like some of the little, you know, quips and stuff they had in there. And then obviously at the end where his boss starts choking and you kind of see that whole, you're like, that's when you clearly said, cause I did not watch any of the extended trailer stuff. So I didn't know anything outside of them based there and what was going on. And so obviously you get that little hint of something's not right here. And then obviously episode two, you see a little bit more as well. So I've enjoyed it from the beginning. I've never really thought it was too slow or anything like that. Like some of the other people have complained about how has it meshed with your expectations so far?
2: You know, it's probably better than my expectations. Cause I, they announced they're having the Swan Division showing, not exactly yeah. sure what to expect. And I saw some of the trailers and stuff. You saw vibes of the the sitcoms. You weren't sure what you were gonna get. I think it's actually been really powerful. You know, when we got to episode four, the cold open that they had yeah. there, which kind of is a tie-in to endgame, they've just done some really fascinating things they've really built up characters you've gotten to see people come back into the world uh each of the kind of last uh three episodes we've seen kind of a build on um you know adding these characters back in it was it was fun to see them come in and to see the role and to see what they're doing and i think it's been really creative which is which is great you know the first live action star wars show a big hurdle to go and i thought the mandalorian really delivered something different and and exceeded expectations same thing we had to wait a long time to kind of get these live action marvel ones and i'm i'm pumped like you said we saw a trailer for the second one yesterday that looks like that's going to be a more traditional action was really exciting but i'm almost glad this ended up being the first one it's come in kind of a unique different entry into the world and i forgot you know we had a 2020 where we didn't we actually didn't get any marvel stuff for yeah. the first time in a long time there's a pandemic i forgot how much i missed them you know just hearing yeah. the marvel music and seeing the the stuff my my cat heard the music's like oh my god runs out jumps up like oh it's time
1: <laughs> yeah what uh who's who's been your favorite character that's kind of been um introduced and you can even go with um her name is now jumped out of my head the the, the, the no the officer oh, though monica the, rambo though, yeah even rambo because even though she wasn't really a part of the Marvel universe beforehand. We did get a little bit of her backstory with the blip and all that. So, you know, she has been like, woo, you've got, um, I don't, the Thor Dar- chick. I don't know. Darcy. Darcy. There we go. Like who's been for me. It's been woo. I've seen him in there. Like I, I've seen a lot of this stuff I'd love to see. And I agree with, I'd love to see him get his own show of just like weird stuff that he just goes and does.
2: You know, I have to be honest. I think it's been Paul Bettany. Um, <laughs> he's such a naturally gifted comedian. He feels like such a natural when he slides into these different comedy genres. And he's actually had some like emotional scenes. You you get the sense he's going to be kind of the one that helps maybe lead to a resolution here. You got that sense yeah. at the end of F five, Elizabeth Olsen's incredible too, but I've, yeah. I've really enjoyed him. I don't think uh, the role that, You know, he started out just being a voice in a computer for Tony Stark in the early days. And then even when he was vision, you don't really you didn't get to see a ton of him and and to see a ton of him getting to explore his range. I think this has been kind of a fun, a fun, different part.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So by episode four or five, we really are starting to get the bigger picture of the world. You got hints of it in the first three. Now we kind of really know what's going on after what happens with the twins and Rambo kind of. Outing herself as not being a part of them by bringing up her twin Pietro, and then she kind of shoots her out of the world, which nobody knew really what was kind of going on with that. We now know, for the most part, at least we think we know what's going on. What are your thoughts there on kind of this bigger picture and, and your thought of the development on it?
2: Yeah, and I thought that fourth episode was probably one of the best episodes of television I've seen in a long time, kind of going back and and filling a lot of things in and doing things in a lot of fun ways that tied back into those first three. And like it's that cold open um, kind of tying into the, to the blip. We had seen a little bit of the post-blip uh, with the last Spider-Man movie, um, you know, how do people make the adjustment. But getting to see kind of that moment as it was happening – I don't know about you, I, I found it very emotional. Once I figured, you know, it takes you a second, and then you realize what's happening and it's like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. pretty incredible and where it's going to take off from there. And then last week's episode, which is the longest we've gotten um, so far, did a lot of things, made a very fascinating decision at the end. So I'm curious yeah. uh, about your thoughts that definitely has raised some, Some comments and questions, you know, for those of you that aren't familiar with kind of Marvel, before Marvel Studios took over and started doing their own things and created the MCU as we know it, they had piecemealed out the rights to different studios. So Fox has long held the X-Men and canonically in the comic books, Wanda Maximoff was um, Magneto's daughter and her twin brother. They were his kids. They couldn't obviously mention Magneto until they got the rights back from Fox. That was part of the reason Disney acquired Fox, and they brought it back together. But the character of Quicksilver, which is her brother, Pietro, was had actually appeared both in the MCU and in those Fox ones. And it was just interesting that they kind of bridged. And I thought the line delivery by Cat Dennings, which is like, oh, huh, they recast the role. Yeah. That made me laugh so hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it was the perfect way to find a way to merge those two universes, and and I never thought it was going to be possible because in my mind there's like there's no way. I shouldn't say there's no way to make it possible with them having Pietro die in Age of Ultron. There still could have been a way for them to merge together, right? Because he's not alive in this universe, so you maybe never have to acknowledge what he did in the X Men movies. But now having him there. I almost feel like now there's a way to possibly bridge those two worlds together. Like, could you really have Fassbender and McAvoy coming into the MC? Like it would make all of my fangirling very, like or- it, it would be amazing. But I, I love, it was not at all what I was expecting. Like I would say for me, it's going to be very hard to figure out a way to top the shock and awe of that moment right now in yeah. almost any Marvel movie for her to open up the door and you see her face and you're like, I'm expecting it to be like, which I guess it'll be a larger question. I'll ask you Nick, because I'm still not a hundred percent sure Wanda's the bad guy in this right now to quote unquote. Bad guy. So I thought maybe when she opened the door, we were going to see a, a, someone that, We were or at least I was expecting to be maybe play more of the villain in this show, if that makes sense. And then for it to be him and just be like, holy shit, really? Like that was kind of my takeaway from it.
2: Yeah, I don't think she's going to. I I mean, I don't think she's the villain. I don't think she ends up being the villain. I was curious. They kind of drop it almost as a throwaway in that fifth episode, too, that she went and got Vision, you know, because that's a big question. Vision died. Yes yeah and when they finally acknowledged the vision's dead you know which is kind of that and they said she went got his body and must have reconstituted him. and they said how would you do it without the mind stone so i was actually looking when he transforms back into vision that mind stone is there which we know is already taken and destroyed yeah so i'm wondering you know i don't think we can be certain is he still alive same thing kind of with her brother was it the You know, was it Rambo bringing it up and mentioning her brother that that kind of caused it to be we don't know exactly what's real. We know she's rewriting the world. Um, If you go into some of the um, deep dives and stuff there, Catherine Han's character's name uh, is a reference to some comic book storylines, which would give you an idea you know she was a her character name as a reference to some villains uh some nemesis of wanda maximoff in comic books so I, I still have a feeling you know we still have four episodes left uh i believe what they've said is WandaVision is going to be a one-off there's not additional seasons so i feel like that means we're going to get some sense of closure um some very curious to see what they do with those next four episodes. And you do you do get the sense something's going on, something's something external, some kind of pressure. Um I'm it's gonna be exciting kind of to see where it goes and maybe what it leads to afterward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give my my quick thoughts on that real quick and we'll we'll wrap up with the last two questions. I don't think that – I know that she's controlling everything around her, but I almost feel like it's not her doing the controlling, if that makes sense. I wonder if maybe yes. someone pulling the strings from behind the scenes. I don't think that Vision is still alive. I do think that he is, is gone, but whomever is controlling things is making it seem like he's alive or making her think that he is still in some way alive like she brought him back. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. But what, uh, what, what do you like most so far about WandaVision?
2: I like that it's something completely different. You know, after more than a decade and 23 movies, you don't really expect the MCU to surprise you with uh, content and a format. This is the first time this kind of creative team has gotten to tell more of a long-form kind of story. Because even though the episodes are around 30 to 40 minutes, when you have nine of them together, you're talking about like a a four-hour experience, you know, over an hour longer than what we got with Endgame. It's been incredible to see them playing with things, the set design, the creativity, the performances—kind of injecting some humor. I think that's that's been what I've enjoyed the most. Is it's something completely unexpected?
1: I'm I'm actually right there with you. I, I love it, it. Almost goes to my favorite, or for the most part, my favorite Marvel movies are Captain America: Two and Civil War because I like the. The drama behind it. it's not just the action, the storytelling, I think, and those is so good. And that's what I like about this as well. Like you talked about, and we'll talk about it at the end. Obviously, the new show coming out, probably, I believe, right as WandaVision ends, is going to mm-hmm. be action oriented. I'm sure there's going to be great story there, but this is all about the acting and the story. There's not that much action. It's about the drama being built up between these two characters. I cannot wait to see how it ends. Is there something that you don't like so far about WandaVision?
2: I mean, I don't think that they're so short, but I have to be honest. I know I've seen a lot of people complain about the once a week format. I, I like a good binge as much as anyone, but there is something fun about having the episode a week and a week to noodle it. It was fun for me when we did Game of Thrones. It's been fun when we've had the Mandalorian that way. I'm honestly excited about the prospect of having a Star Wars or Marvel or both show every week. Uh, to dig into. I mean, I just, it builds that anticipation, builds that water cooler culture that I feel like we're missing. You know, usually something drops and people have streamed the whole thing and you've not even tried it yet. And people are telling you it sucks or it's the most amazing thing. And we're all kind of going into it together with this. I like that experience.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. Maybe that goes more toward the, the era that we've grown up in where that's how TV has always been. And now Netflix has changed that. But I love it because exactly what you talked about. There's a lot of us that have all different kinds of stuff going on in our lives. It was something where it was just dropped one weekend and whatever it is going to be, 10 episodes, 9 episodes. And some people would have time to watch all 9 episodes in a weekend, and then they're out on Twitter, Facebook, everything everything's spoiling. It. People who have only got a chance to watch 2 episodes. So I do love the fact that you have to – it's appointment viewing. Like I go back to – the Sopranos for me was that one thing where every Sunday I made sure I was available to watch it because I didn't want anybody at work to spoil anything for me. And it's the same thing with this. I love it. I, I love that I know every Friday, at least for the next four weeks and hopefully after, because yeah. it, we're gonna get Falcon Winter Soldier, I at least have something I know I can sit down and watch. I agree with you. My biggest thing, it's the same same thing I've had with Mandalorian too, is way too short. We need these to be at least an hour long, and it's it's Marvel, Disney, if you're listening, they need to be an hour long. Come on, you're, you're killing me here. All right, so let, let's talk about that. We saw we saw the trailer for Falcon, Winter Soldier. Uh, if you did not watch the, the full extended one, you, I'm sure you can find it now on Twitter. It was They, they showed like a oh, it's,
2: of- uh Yeah, it's on um, several different websites. Uh, if you want to go and see all the movie TV trailers, Entertainment Weekly has them on at EW.com. has them in an article. You can watch them one after another.
1: Okay, yeah, they they released one. I think it was only like thirty seconds, and then I, I follow Phil, who's part of our network, and he tweeted out yeah. the entire thing, and so I watched it there. It looks awesome. I, I think these, the way that these two, I think, are going to play off each other is going to be a lot of fun. I enjoy the kind of comedy they bring to it. Definitely looks like it's going to be a lot more action as well. What what kind of your first takeaways from watching the trailer?
2: Yeah, and we saw characters, you know, that we we've liked. I I like the rapport between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian yeah. Stan. Um, I think that's going to be good. Um, you know, we saw uh, was it Peggy's? Was it her niece or something? Yeah, uh, Peggy
1: Carter. Yeah, yeah, Peggy her, Carter's is niece. It, is it her niece or? I thought niece. it was Maybe like her long her gra- it like great
2: great niece or something because it feels like it's too young. Too much. I want to say despair. it's like her
1: great is it not her daughter like her granddaughter exactly, like i
2: knew there was some kind of a relation i'll look really which quick. made I they, uh, want to
1: say it's like her great granddaughter or something
2: well and they Continue flirted though. with having her have like a, a romance with captain america in uh captain yeah. america the winter soldier um but you know we see her in the trailer so i think that'll be fun to bring back um you know i think For those who have wanted kind of a a more upbeat, action-oriented one, this is going to be fun. Originally, I think Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first of these Marvel shows rolled out, but the pandemic slowed it down. I'm actually kind of grateful we're going the other way. Uh, You know, I think we get to savor and appreciate a little bit something different and then kind of get back. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Black Widow, seeing the Eternals, seeing a lot of uh, stuff that's going to be coming out this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: So according to this, Sharon Carter is Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter's daughter from an alternate universe or an alternate timeline.
2: That makes their almost kiss even grosser. Uh, yes, we have a little. So we have I a don't little. Don't know. think too hard about Empire Strikes Back in a situation going on there.
1: I don't know if that's. See, I don't know if that's in this Marvel universe. though so that's just her wiki thing. But it's dead, it's dead. So I do think she is at least in this universe, Peggy Carter's, I guess, granddaughter. I don't know if Steve Rogers is actually her dad, but maybe I, I don't know. Maybe we'll I, find out. But yeah, she is in this. I know they've yeah. they've intimated that she's a, she's an outlaw on the show as well, isn't she? Or a fugitive in some um, in some sort of way?
2: Uh, she was she was a shield agent.
1: Okay, and then who is it? is it Baron? Is it, uh, Baron, um, is it M- Mordor? Mordor, more, more. I don't know uh, his last name. Yeah,
2: I mean they used a lot of them in the Agents of Shield. Show. Zemo,
1: Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo is the the villain who was in obviously Civil War. He was the one who kind of starts the whole thing to get Cap and Tony Stark to turn on each other. So he is yeah. apparently going to be the main villain here. Uh, in in early, at least that's what it makes it seem like. In in uh, Winter Soldier and yeah. Oh, sorry. And 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 Falcons. So, I'm excited for it. Like I said, I think March 19th is what they said is going to be the... Yeah, the which would
2: date. which would about track uh, for when um, WandaVision is wrapping up.
1: Yeah, so i give it one week in between, which sucks. I wish they would dive right into it. It's one week in between, from what I'm getting right here. So you get, WandaVision should end March 5th, then you got 12th, 19th. Okay, so week, in this
2: one... Sharon Carter, former agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Peggy Carter's niece.
1: Niece, okay, so she is the niece.
2: She's been on the run since we last saw her in Civil War, and the series will show what she's been doing during that time. And it's Baron Helmut Zemo, you are correct. So it looks like this one might uh, be picking up a lot of the threads from Civil War, because a lot of these uh, characters that they have listed on the description, kind of the last time we saw them, was there at the end of civil war
1: well i don't like that part of it. you get to wrap up a lot of stuff that we didn't really necessarily get to get questions and answers to so that that will definitely be fun so we will continue talking about this though now that we've kind of caught up we'll continue to recap every episode probably on monday since we're we're jumping jumping into the the dynasty side of things so we'll have some things to talk about and then we'll save the end of the episodes for for one division
2: also since uh we're not sure Dennis watches them. And the yeah, last time we made that, him sit so. through one of our deep dives, he had a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think he does. So we'll save Thursday episodes for strictly football since that, that's what Dennis <laughs> pays a hundred percent attention to. And we'll worry about the one side on Monday. So Dennis, Matt and myself, will be back on Thursday. I think we're going to talk running backs, what we got right and yep. what we got wrong. Uh, so, Check us out. I mean, I day. had
2: James Robinson as a top 10 running back. I don't know about
1: you. I, I definitely didn't, but I'm pretty sure I had Barkley <laughs> at one or two. I don't know. My running, I haven't even looked, but I'm pretty sure mine are going to be pretty bad. So, that, well, I know I got one right. in Jonathan Taylor, baby. And that's all that matters. So we will catch you guys again on Thursday. Have Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got
0: your popcorn ready. Do you, you got your popcorn ready. I came out the one line ready for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, Only tackle him in the over. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> I can. <laughs>